I'm Shannon and I don't want to be in a situation for more than an hour where I'm not enjoying myself. And I'm Emma and I time my breakups after the free vacation to the Caribbean. As one does. <laughs> if you're going to break up anyway, you might as well get that that free trip, right? <laughs> oh, 100%. I'm sorry I can't. Don't hate me. The motherfucker's concise. I revealed too much too soon. I was emotionally slutty. Okay, I'm a big whore. I think we have a stiff breeze. I'll give you $100 if you say something bitchy about someone we know. That's bullshit, there is And also, like, I feel like if you break up, like, right before the trip, you kind of ruin it for the other person. Like, you know, they were expecting to go with you and have this really amazing, like, romantic whatever time. And it's like, why not just enjoy that time and then do the breakup? Yes, actually, our girl Carrie has a history of that, come to think of it, because, I mean, we're obviously we're referencing Carrie breaking up with Big in season one, um, right before they go on vacation together. But she also, they do that right before their honeymoon as well in the first movie. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For the wedding that didn't happen. <laughs> But yeah, maybe he could have gotten cold feet later or earlier or something. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) My goodness. But yeah, Carrie, I guess she does kind of have a history with that. I mean, badly timed breakups. (laughs) Yes. Got to plan your life around your your comped all inclusive vacations. (laughs) Assuming allegedly. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But before we get into anything else, we actually want to open with our first five-star rave review from one of our listeners. We made it. Oh, my God. We saw it. Matthew, yes, exactly. It's so humbling. It's so extraordinary. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much to Sarah Jessica Parker and her husband, Matthew Broderick, for <laughs> for clearly listening and enjoying this podcast and not a solar eclipse. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love this. I love this clip so much. And I think I saw it on, of course, the Every Outfit um, Instagram profile and had shared it with Shannon and we watched it again and listened to it again together. But now I, it's burned into my brain. I think about this all the time. And if I could only be as excited as they are for this solar eclipse about anything in my life, I, I'm good. I'm sold. I'm golden. I'm, I'm convinced that moment's out there for me. I think that we too will have our solar eclipse moment. <laughs> I can only hope. <laughs> can only hope. Um, but yeah, so Emma, do you what do you believe in, I guess? Or is there anything that you really strongly believe in? Talking about, I guess, kind of the the theme of faith and belief as per the the first, the final episode of season one. So, yeah, this is a great question. It's like a very vague question, but also 
can get a lot of interesting answers. So I'm so happy you're talking about this. Um, and honestly, the first thing that comes to mind when I think of this question, like, what do you believe in is truly like the power of friendships and like chosen family, um, which is something we talk about, of course, a lot on this podcast, like being a show that we love so much since we were teens for sort of looking up to these um sort of like the power of friendships and relationships with people who aren't necessarily your partner. Not that I don't believe in that, but um, I think alongside the show, whose arguably like main theme is friendship. Um, I think that's just something that I personally have a strong connection to. And I, I, I believe in the power of it, if that makes sense. I believe in the support of it. I believe in the sort of like strength that that can be um, in relationships that aren't necessarily blood. And like, I of course love my family and I do have strong bonds tied to my family, but I think there's something really special about people that you choose to be in your life. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think that would be my main answer. <laughs> what about you? Yeah. Very well said. I, yeah, I fully agree with that. Um, yeah, actually, just really quickly, my one time I was talking with my therapist about uh, the idea of like, if you can't love yourself, how can you love somebody else? <laughs> as Ella RuPaul, as you've talked about before. <laughs> and my therapist said something that was, it just like really stuck with me. And they said like, uh, something along the lines of, yes, like it's important to love and, and care for yourself and have that really positive, profound like relationship with yourself. But also you have to kind of learn that through others and through relationships with others. So I love, I, and I fully agree with you, like the, the power of relationships, like it really teaches us a lot about ourselves and how to connect and, and be with other people too. So yeah. That's such an interesting point. I mean, we did kind of do a whole episode on self-perception and your relationship with yourself, which is, of course, like wildly important. But I love how your therapist sort of like, you know, that is dependent on your relationships with other people. And that is, um, you know, shown in how that perception is sort of reflected back at you and also how um, how you're loved and supported is it makes such a huge difference and like really affects you as an individual. So yeah, I mean, we did a whole episode, like kind of about that I whole idea. <laughs> we did. Yeah. That was a, yeah. That was a really good, really good thing to talk about. Um, but the thing that I believe in, and this is kind of like half a joke, but half not. <laughs> um, so Kim Cattrall or Lord and Savior, love her to mm -hmm. death. Um, she recently had an interview where, or was it a speech? It was something where she was, was speaking a speech. a speech. Yes. And yeah. she was speaking about the power of saying no. And I have to fully agree. Like I, I work really closely with, um, with consent education for, for work. Um, and just this idea of like, you can say no to, to what you don't want to do. You can change your mind if you agree to something and you can like back out. Like, I, I feel like I've gone through so much of my life thinking that I have to really mold myself to what other people want and what other people expect of me. Mm -hmm. And that doesn't always feel very good when like you ignore yourself and what you want to, to do what somebody else 
um, is asking of you. So yeah, I do believe in the power of no and like just being able to set your own boundaries and like, it's okay to not <laughs> want to do something. It's okay to, uh, yeah. In Kim Cattrall's case, like back out of a, an enormous like reboot of a very popular show. And it, I don't know. I, I do really believe in that. It's still really hard for me to, to communicate that sometimes, but it is really empowering when you are able to, to find that and voice that. Yeah, that's an incredible answer. I mean, saying no is so empowering. And like Kim Cattrall says, she says something along the lines in that speech of like, it's something that seems so simple, but it's not like Mm -hmm. it's, it's a simple, she says, I think it's a simple word, but it's a complicated idea. Mm -hmm. And it's, I I completely feel you like understand you because like you live a lot of or at least in my own experience like I've lived a lot of my life just kind of agreeing to do things for the sake of pleasing somebody else or uh, you know just saying yes Um, but (laughs) the line that you opened with I mean I don't want to be in a situation for more than an hour where I'm not enjoying myself it's it's such a good line. And it's, it's so important to acknowledge that you can, you can say no. And it, it honestly like feels really good to say no. Sometimes that's something I struggle with that. I think we both seem to struggle with, um, that we'll continue to, but I think the more that we find ourselves being able to say it, the more we think of Kim Cattrall at the next, you know, event we're invited to that we don't want to go to or something like that, the more we channel her energy, Um, I do think ultimately that's kind of like, that'll make us happier. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I can think of so many situations where I was not enjoying myself and I was there for, well, yeah, too long, just way too long. Mm -hmm. And yeah, why waste the time? I, I mean, I've reached an age. Well, I don't think it's my age. It's just who I am as a person. I'm very sleepy. I've no, I'm known among my friends as being very sleepy. And now I, you know, if I'm not enjoying the current social event or if generally I'm feeling tired, so nobody take this personally when I do this, but I literally just walk away and go to bed. Like I, I mean, obviously not in somebody else's house, but... <laughs> Although I say that, but last night I did fully fall asleep on my friend's floor and he had to wake me up and be like, I'm going to bed now. So you need to leave. (laughs) (laughs) So that's okay. You can kick me out, but it's just like, it's yeah. If you're, if you're having a bad time, if you don't want to do something, if you need to take that time for yourself instead of whatever the case may be, like, I'm speaking very specifically about social situations, but that does go for anything in your life. Like mm-hmm. don't, if it's not an enthusiastic yes, then it's definitely a maybe or a no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that so much. I, yeah, <laughs> I feel like I need to exit some situations a lot earlier than I Listen. do to go to bed. <laughs> I was going to say, just fall asleep on their floor and they'll be like, please leave. <laughs> have done that before I fully and it was like at a party too I was just so tired I love that oh my goodness I've been my friend there. was very sweet about it and like woke me up and was like mm, so everybody's gone home now like yeah and it's it doesn't even come of a place like get out of my house it's like you probably really need that sleep like please go get comfortable 
Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm glad I'm not the only one that falls asleep on my friend's floors. <laughs> no, I, yeah, sometimes I just get like overwhelmed with like sleepiness and I, my body just shuts down and it doesn't matter if I'm, you know, in, I don't know, this happened all the time in university, like I'd be sitting in class and like all like power down, like my notes progressively <laughs> got sloppier. <laughs> I just fell asleep or yeah, if it's just, I don't know, doing something doing something else with like friends or whatever. Yeah. My body just like shuts off. <laughs> I completely understand. <laughs> um, yeah. So today we're, we're doing something a little bit different. So this is going to be our last episode of our first season <laughs> mm-hmm. of our podcast um, before we take a little bit of a break for the summer. So yeah, we, we thought it would take, we would take some time to just kind of reflect on our experience of, of doing this and yeah, doing a podcast for mostly for first, first time mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, behind the mic and yeah, just like the X, Y, and me of it all, just yeah, <laughs> talking about, <laughs> talking about this podcast. And then, yes, of course, we're our, sorry, our, our final, um, our episode is loosely inspired by the final episode of season one. Oh, come all ye faithful. A very odd episode with a lot of odd Carrie moments. I mean, she has a lot of odd moments in general, but I feel like this one is particularly unhinged, (laughs) a little unhinged. (laughs) It is. Yeah, there's a lot of choices in that episode that are just so baffling. Like, is this the first appearance of Carrie's full on, I'm going to stalk this person (laughs) uh, kind of behavior? I think so. It might be. Yeah, like stalking your your partner and his mom to church. And uh, after he explicitly said, like, this is just a thing that I do with my mom. Very oof. Yeah, a lot of a lot of um, like paranoid feelings that I just I don't know. It's a bit of a weird episode. It's kind of an interesting concept, though, to bring into this show that, of course, you know, is very raunchy and it's about sex and sort of uh, women who and people who are more liberated from that sort of religion aspect. Um, so it is interesting to bring it into the first season of sh- the sh- of the show, like to bring in the church and like having faith. And even with Miranda's storyline with, you know, the guy who has to have shower, has to have a shower, like right after he has sex with her. Um, and this idea of like being clean, it kind of brings up some like really interesting, like moral conversations about basically the dirtiness of sex. And like, of course, things have changed a lot since that episode has come out, but it's like, it is, I appreciate that it is a little like self-aware in a way. Like, I don't know. I don't really know where I was going with that, but um, yeah, something about bringing in this, like that sex is a sin. Like, I feel like they hadn't really addressed that until then. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Yeah. And I mean, at the time that that was airing, uh, just even some of the juxtaposition of like, uh, I think at one point they had they, somebody turned a club <laughs> uh, or church into a club. Um, so there was, yeah, just that mingling of, uh, and I guess religion really influences uh sexual activity in a lot of ways for lots of people. So yeah, it was kind of interesting to thematically bring that together with Carrie's 
idea of believing in a relationship and Mm -hmm. believing in her relationship with Big, but then also just kind of, I guess, relationships in in general she moves to. But yeah, it was, it is a really interesting episode and it's an interesting episode to kind of end the first season on because it kind of lands with a little bit of a thud (laughs) when she breaks up with him before uh, they're supposed to go on a lovely vacation to a very rich island. (laughs) Yeah. And just like somehow decided eventually that she didn't have faith, that she didn't have that sort of strong belief in the foundation of their relationship. And because he took his mom to, or I guess the main reason was the fact that he wouldn't introduce her to his mom, but it is, it, I mean, it's definitely something that everyone goes, or I think like, you know, many people go through in relationships where they sort of question the like, like the sol- the solidity. No, that's not the word. Mm. <laughs> is that a word? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I think that is the word. I'm, I'm picking up. I'm picking up what you're saying. <laughs> that's, that's the noun for solid, right? <laughs> oh my goodness! But yeah, it, I mean, it's something that people really often go through. But it is kind of a jarring ending. I guess they had to make the season sort of end on that dramatic note, like. Oh, they had to basically start the saga of Mr. Big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it is, yeah, it's an odd one, but it's good. I liked it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. Uh, it's a, yeah, it's a really good episode. Um, yeah, very, very interesting. And then we never really see Big's mother again no. after that. We see Gloria and then just like that. <laughs> <laughs> And you brought up a good question. We were watching it. Was Gloria at Big's mother's funeral? <laughs> I hope so. As his number one personal assistant secretary, like oh Gloria's got to be first in line. <laughs> That's too funny. <laughs> sort of on that note, like, so we were thinking about this episode, of course, and in the the finality of the season of the show of season one, and then we're kind of wrapping up season one of the podcast. So like, I am curious, and I don't know how much we've actually really talked about this, but like, how much faith did you have in this podcast when we started? Like, did you think it kind of like, Maybe, maybe tell our listeners like how it kind of started. Cause I don't know. I don't think we've ever talked about that. Did we in our first episode? Oh, maybe we did. (laughs) Well, you know what? It bears repeating as (laughs) an origin story. (laughs) Um, Yeah. We, we kind of, we did a, a radio segment about the reboot, like all the way back in January of 2021 I want to say uh and we talked about like our love for the show and what we were excited about the reboot and then Emma and I were like texting off uh in our own time and we were just like oh we have way more that we want to talk about and yeah just kind of it, it snowballed from there and uh yeah I mean I personally had I had faith. <laughs> um, I am probably the the person here with the least experience doing this. And I felt very guided by <laughs> experience of, of others. So <laughs> that's, yeah, I love that. I, 
not not to get all mushy or anything, but I do feel, and I have to say a huge, I've said thank you to him many times, but I do have to call it out uh, while we're recording, but like so much thanks to our producer, Steven, who literally there wouldn't be a podcast without Steven. Um, Cause Shannon and I, of course, you know, we were talking about it. Um, and I think, I think I was a little more hesitant because I very much went into it having worked on podcasts before and sort of uh, do some content creation, like in my spare time um, was a little more like, this is a lot of work. Like it's more work than people realize and, and more time spent and all that kind of stuff. And, um, but I was of course, very excited about the idea. I love the idea. I, it was something I was passionate about. Obviously you and I have, good chemistry and had a good connection about it, but it really was Steven who stepped up and was like, I can help. Well, <laughs> I can help. I can do the editing and the production for you. Um, so without him, I mean, there wouldn't be a podcast because I was very much like, I love this idea. I'm really excited about it. Um, but I don't want to do any of the nitty gritty editing or anything like that. I don't have the experience. So um, I think that it really was like the three of us that, made it kind of what it is. And I'm like really proud of what we've done. I'm, I'm so happy to be here. I'm so, <laughs> I'm so happy to be doing this with you both and the reception we've gotten as well from friends and listeners. And it's been a, I had, so maybe I had less faith than you did in the beginning, but once the ball started rolling it, um, it just became like a really solid thing and an important part of my life. Oh, I'm getting on machine. <laughs> <laughs> I fully, I fully agree with that. So very, very well said. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about, so like we've been, yeah, we've been doing this now for, for about a year, I would say like actually like sitting down and talking and putting it together, putting it out there into the world. Was there anything that surprised you about doing doing this that maybe you didn't expect? Yeah, so I think, so we were actually asked, so of course we had started, this whole thing had started with our local radio, radio interview, and then we were actually asked to come back um, and go on the radio again and talk about it and talk about our first few episodes and talk about, cause at that point the reboot had come out. So they wanted somebody to talk about, you know, the episodes and how people were reacting and everything. And I think, I think what surprised me the most about this podcast is how <laughs> almost like therapeutic it was. And Shannon and I do have really personal conversations sometimes. And we, and we have, sort of like learned a lot about each other as people and our relationship I feel like has also really strengthened like thanks to all these like personal things however um there have been moments where you know something came up and it was too maybe too much for me and I needed to like step off the call or like you know things have happened where we were afraid of oversharing or not not even like oversharing in the sense like it's too much for the audience but in the sense that it was too much for us mm -hmm. um and I think because it has this sort of very like personal, it's about the show, but it's also about like 
who we are and how the show has shaped us as people, which I think is something that resonates with a lot of fans and resonates with a lot of our audience. So um, I think when the, honestly, the first day it came out, I believe it was December 3rd, I think it was in my count, something like that. Um, We were like, it's out there. And I remember feeling very like people are listening. Like it, it felt very, um, what's the word? It felt very vulnerable. Mm. Yeah. So I'm I don't sure. know if you, you felt the same way or if something else has kind of been more surprising to you about starting this project, but. No, I, I mean, I fully agree with everything, <laughs> everything that you said. I, I love the the chance to, to talk more about this mutual thing that we both love and and know so much about and yeah learn more about each other in the process that's been yeah like a really a really really lovely part of this uh, experience for me um I think kind of similarly to you I was really I was really surprised how it felt after releasing it because I was totally okay to you know have a conversation with you and talk about the the things that we talk about but then as soon as it was out, the, our first episode was out in the world, I was really uh, just, I, I don't know, really hyper fixated on how I sounded and what I was saying and uh, like thinking, yeah, exactly. There are people listening to this and and who is listening to this? And it, it is very vulnerable to think of, you know, people that you don't know <laughs> listening to your voice. Hello, people. That you may or may not know this is for you. <laughs> um, but it's also it's quite vulnerable to think of, you know, your friends and your family and people that know you who are listening to this as well, who maybe don't don't know you and like don't know those stories or those parts of you um in in the same way. So yeah, super, super vulnerable actually putting <laughs> our words out you know, into the open. But uh, I think one thing that's been nice is like the more the more we do it and the more comfortable you get um the easier that that has gotten to to get over <laughs> yeah and i've definitely noticed a huge difference within myself like i think the first few times we recorded i was like i felt quite nervous just the thought and you know like i mentioned earlier like i've done content creation and i've I do like live stuff as well. So it's, it's not, but there's something that's so like personal about the conversations we have that in the moment, you know, even just like now, just like me and you having this conversation now, it's like, it's like we're sitting together, like, you know, having a coffee or having a Cosmo and just like hanging out. But then once it's that moment where it gets out there um, Mm -hmm. is when it becomes uh real, I guess, in a way. So yeah, those first few times I was pretty nervous, but I think we've learned a lot about not, not controlling, but like understanding the sort of conversations we have and like creating the safe space for each other. Um, Mm -hmm. again, Steven's been a big help for that in editing and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I think it's, it's been kind of an incredible year and and I'm really, ex- I'm really excited for season two. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm so excited. Yeah. I feel, uh, 
I feel when I started this that I was like a baby colt that didn't know how to walk and was very much <laughs> stumbling. So I feel like I can kind of walk now and <laughs> that's just really nice. And I'm excited to to carry that feeling into, into another season and to explore explore different things and, and new topics and themes and all of that fun stuff. Yeah, we're past the colt stage. Now we're like a teen horse. That's like still, <laughs> what is, does a teen horse have a name? Uh, Charlotte's horse, Taddy. (laughs) I, oh my gosh. Was it Teddy? I think it was Taddy. Taddy. Like a really gross abbreviation for tattoo. Oh my gosh. A nice Taddy. Taddy. I I don't know. I don't know if anyone actually says that, but. (laughs) No, people say tat though. Tat, yeah, for sure. Tat, for sure. But Tatty does, it sounds a little juvenile. Yeah. We should, uh, complete side note, we should get Sex and City tattoos, but we'll discuss. Send us, listeners, send us all your ideas for Sex and the City (laughs) tattoos because we would love to hear them. Yes. Um, Tasteful, tasteful Sex and the City tattoo where I'm not getting love in script on my arm. Okay, one of my one of my best friends, this is getting a little sidetracked, but she has a tattoo that she absolutely hates that I'm going to share here. Um, it says, love conquers all in Latin. And it's like a tramp step. Like, it's like really close to like her butt. And she's like, I fucking hate it. <laughs> but I like, I, I kind of love it because that's a very like 18 year old, like gets a tattoo, which mm. I love. I'll definitely talk to her and make sure we can share that. But anyways, yeah, send us all your sex in the city, like subtle, like we don't want like, you know, love or, or like, what is Carrie's necklace? Oh my God. Why Carrie? am I? It just says thought, like, Carrie. What if we just got Carrie like right on our collarbone? Right here. I, and we would never have to worry. Down. We wouldn't have to worry about losing it. <laughs> Maybe we should just get our names. <laughs> That'd be so weird. I mean, that is the only name I would get tattooed on myself because there's no, I can't break up with myself. So true. Yeah. I well, have a couple tattoo. Would you do a couple tattoo? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Depend, depending. Like my, one of my good friends and I are, um, we want to get, we want to get like, best friend tattoos but not like our names or anything it's something that we mutually both really love (laughs) yeah I think that's the thing is like as long as you're not getting like names and it's more of a symbol or an an image like it's fine like a friend and I have the same well it's not exactly the same but we both have a cactus tattoo and but would you do that with a partner I guess it'd be the same thing. It's like it could still have meaning if the relationship ends. I want. I want it. What? What's Carrie's love facts from the movie? <laughs> I want to split that up. <laughs> so I take one half of that. Ever mine. Ever thine. Ever ours. Oh my god. Oh, that's so gross. Oh. That's that's so gross. Never, oh, I love mind. it. <laughs> what, it's like a fake Beethoven quote, is isn't it? it? I, I think. Don't know. I don't know. We'll have to do a little, little research, but there's, like, I, I would do it, but it's gotta be the right thing. 
Of course. Yeah. It has to be the right thing. And I think like I mentioned, like we've talked about this before, but the idea is just never like solidified. See, I used it as a verb there. That was correct. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, it's just like, we've never been able to really like, I feel like with tattoos for me anyways, it's like, I just know, like, it's like, oh yeah, that's what I want. Mm. But that's just, that moment will happen. Maybe in season two, it'll come. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. A hundred percent. And if that all fails, we'll just get a post-it note. Oh my God. The best. Okay, I kind of do like that, actually. But anyways, we'll talk tattoos later. (laughs) Um, But we have, okay, so obviously we talk about Sex and City a lot, and we have since we've been teenagers. It's not like this is new content for us to be discussing, but um, do you think that this podcast, like talking more about it in sort of a more organized and planned way has that changed your thoughts or feelings about the show or its characters or I would say yes and no I feel like my thoughts and feelings about like mostly the characters and even like the show itself like it's kind of gone through changes (laughs) over the years and just like as I age and I am able to look at the show with different eyes and and notice different things um But I think doing this podcast and also kind of reflecting on what it meant for me to to love and enjoy the show so much as a teenager, I think it's really softened me to some of the criticism that is uh, (laughs) there there is a never ending spout of Mm -hmm. uh, cultural critique and and criticism of the show and all of its flaws and especially especially its characters and that that is all warranted that is fine but I also like this is a thing that so many people love and I think it's also really important to talk about that aspect as well and and keep them in balance because it is really easy to critique and culturally examine something from more than 20 years ago but Mm -hmm. you know there's I think there's just more complexity here with why this resonates with so many people despite all of its many many flaws um there's something there's something there and going through this process I think has really like softened me to to just balancing, I guess, more that critique a little bit better. And also kind of thinking about why I first got into it. Like the show is hyper feminine. It is <laughs> very like out, I don't know, just unapologetically feminine and, and created for, um, for a femme audience. But I think that was one of the reasons why I loved it so much as a teenager, because it really made embracing those like feminine pieces of my personality. Okay. Mm -hmm. In a way that, Mm -hmm. you know, leading up to that show, I always felt like I had to be either like, I don't know, like super, super, super femme or I like completely like issue that and, you know, kind of um, like I hate pink or, you know, I, (laughs) I like to, I don't know, play a lot of sports when I was growing up. Um, so I don't know, like encounter, encountering the show really helped me embrace those like feminine parts of myself in a way that was like, okay, <laughs> it's okay to, to like this kind of stuff. And you don't have to, um, you don't have to go full throttle with it if you don't want to, but it is okay to, to love and appreciate that. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's an incredible answer. 
And it's so true. Like I had actually never really thought about that, how, you know, consuming media growing up. Like I remember watching a lot of stuff with my dad and my brothers, which was like, which I enjoyed like immensely, like things like the Simpsons, like other sort of like huge cultural, culturally relevant shows like the Simpsons, like Seinfeld, like even friends or something like that. But it's still, as you said, like nothing really sort of was so hyper feminized Um, And I don't really consider myself to be a super feminine person, but there's still like those sort of just to like as a huge generalization, but those sort of like femme experiences that you have that you see in the show that you that I had never seen before. So, yeah, (laughs) and that's that's a great point. Like, that's why that sort of thing resonates with so many people. And that's why it attracts many different fans of many different beliefs and uh, even like style choices. Like I would say you and I have completely different style and like different taste in certain things, but we're still both able to like pull those things from the show that we love so much. Yeah. You know, there's no like one type of fan of Sex in the City. There's just numerous, so many. Yes, we cannot all neatly fit into the are you a Carrie, Samantha, Charlotte, or Miranda? <laughs> Despite people trying so hard, you people cannot. Try so hard. I have a friend who absolutely insists I'm a Carrie, but I I just like I struggle because yeah, it's you can't fit into those four boxes. Mm-hmm. You just can't. <laughs> mm-hmm. And why would I want to? I want to color outside the lines. <laughs> Oh my God. What does that even mean for Carrie? What does that mean? That's one of the most like ominous, not ominous, but like that's a very odd line in the series. It's in the movie, right? It's in the movie. Yeah. When she's talking about sex with big, like what does that mean that you color inside the line? I'm like, you wouldn't even kiss Alanis Morissette at a party. Like what? What do you mean color outside the lines? There's no way. Their sex is vanilla. I can 100% guarantee it. Completely agreed. There's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's totally fine, Carrie, but don't act like you're... Whatever. Anyways. (laughs) But on your topic, too, like, you also mentioned, you know, finding that sort of softness with the show. And I feel... I feel that so much. Like, I think it's really easy. And I... Like, I have friends that aren't as intense watchers as I am, who are, of course, very critical of Carrie and and critical of sort of like their relationships and stuff like that. And while it, it is important to sort of keep a critical eye, um, I think that with you and I, like it, it comes with so much love and we see like nobody's perfect and nobody is like, and you know, not even like 80% perfect. Like I think things we've talked about too is like we all sort of have these carry moments and and yeah I think I found a lot of love for a character that I was sort of um conditioned to hate like I feel Mm -hmm. like with all this conversation and discourse about um care you know she's a bad friend she said she's quote unquote crazy like all these things is like it's, it's really easy to hate something like that, but I also think it's it's difficult to find sort of like that softness or that love for the fact that 
people do fuck up and people do make mistakes and Carrie, <laughs> while maybe not being the most self-aware character, um, she's just human. You know, mm-hmm. we all have made mistakes in relationships and, and, you know, maybe not communicated in a way that was normal or maybe broke up with somebody because before the vacation, very stupidly, but you know, <laughs> like nobody's perfect. And I think I love that they sort of acknowledge that there are flaws. <laughs> For sure. And I think just even zooming out like a little bit and thinking of female or feminine uh, characters, like lead characters, you just you don't really always have that balance of a character that you can both love and not agree with all of their decisions. Like, you know, I think of some shows like girls is a really good example of kind of a, a female, like anti hero in a way, uh, somebody that's just like very painfully human on, on television. I think that that culturally is really hard for a lot of people to to accept in ways that we do a little bit more easily for masculine or like male characters that are kind of like fucked Mm -hmm. up like I think of Breaking Bad all the time and like Mm -hmm. this man is a drug dealer (laughs) Uh, this man is making many questionable decisions throughout the the course of the show but people still like love that character and love that show Um, and it doesn't there there's just a bit of a different uh I guess, tempo for like how that show is critiqued versus a show of uh, all women and kind of painful, Uh, painfully human characters, human characters. Yeah, there is a lot more forgiveness for, for care. Yeah, for mass characters, like, you know, people don't think about it as much or they, you know, they have the redeeming qualities, but you know, (laughs) Sex and the City, the character, they're strong characters um, that have redeeming qualities, but yeah, painfully human. I love that. Uh, I love that line. Like it's just, they're represented in a way that they are people and they make mistakes and they fuck up and we all do. So, (laughs) so why are we so hard on criticizing them when I haven't seen Breaking Bad? Um, I, I have seen a few episodes, but it is a very interesting, um, comparison because I feel like they were both on the same sort of level of like cultural phenomenon in a way. Um, But yeah, I could see that for sure. Like not as much critique or like hatred. Like I think of, I think of like the Twitter threads of like spewing, like, Mm. you know, like anti Carrie bullshit. And like, especially with them just like that, I feel like Twitter was all over it. Yeah, the the think pieces, the sub stacks, the Twitter threads, the like there's so much commentary. And actually that was kind of a that was a really interesting thing to happen as we were revisiting older episodes of the original show and then the reboot uh happened kind of like alongside that and it was just really interesting to be to be paying more attention, I guess, to, to that kind of commentary as it was airing, as it was happening, um, in a way that was definitely not even remotely the same as when the original show was airing. So yeah. And a lot of those, yeah, a lot of the thing pieces are just so uncharitable to the show and to the characters and, uh, yeah, it just, I don't know. Like, I, I really do appreciate like 
thinking critically about something that I love. Cause I think that throughout this process, throughout the, you know, all of my many rewatches and consumption of, <laughs> of different people offering their opinions on, on this show. Like, I think that has strengthened my own perspective on the show and strengthened my, like how, how I see it, I guess. Like, I, I don't, I don't feel like I see it in a really like black and white way of I have to hate Carrie or I love her. Like there, there can be an in-between there or, you know, I can dislike certain aspects of the show, but I can still embrace it like overall. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I I completely agree. And I I do feel like I was very (laughs) a victim to sort of like, you know, a friend is like, Oh, Carrie's the worst, blah, blah, blah. Like she did this. And it's like, Yes. Okay. She has definitely done some like not great things, but I think, I think specifically when people say like Carrie is the worst and she's horrible and blah, blah, blah. Like I, I just don't like, I never really agreed with it, but I very much like went along with it. You know what I mean? Like I, I sort of like Mm. just like agreed with them and didn't really, I'm also a very non-confrontational person. Not that that's a confrontation to get in about sex in the city, but maybe, (laughs) but I just like, like you said, like I've been able to sort of like foster this love and, and really like see those painfully human flaws as just being painfully human. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's too easy. It's too easy to just think that Carrie is the worst. And yeah, I mean like that even kind of goes back to boundaries and, and saying no. Right. And like being able to, to share your opinion. And actually I think that that's been something that I've really uh, grown a lot about <laughs> through the process of, of doing this podcast is just being more comfortable to to share my opinion because yeah exactly like you were saying I I don't love conflict and I don't love confrontation and I'm definitely willing to like appease and kind of fawn to make everybody um, happy in a situation to carry on a conversation but uh, yeah being able to kind of speak more of like my opinion and speak about it in a way that's more nuanced and not just like, yeah, I hate Carrie or no, Carrie, Carrie's not that bad. And like, you know, having to, to pick a side, like I, yeah, I, (laughs) I feel like I'm better able to express how I actually feel about the show and all of those complex kind of feelings that come up for me. Yeah. We've really opened up a space for each other to just be like unapologetic fans, (laughs) (laughs) which I love. And I was going to say too, I don't know if you've had this experience, but um, I have had a few people, you know, say something to me about the show, like j- just as an example that comes to the top of my head, like, oh, Carrie's so biphobic or like whatever. And then I'm able to say that, and I, I, this has happened to me a few times. I'm able to say like, oh, well, we actually talked about that on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> have you had that experience at all? Um, yeah, a couple, a few times. Yeah, I, I, I definitely have. And kind of on that note, it just, uh, it makes me so happy when somebody like texts me to say like, I listened to the podcast and I, I enjoyed this part or, uh, the story, like maybe laugh like out loud or, you know, it's just like, so it's so nice <laughs> that people are like listening and yeah, that you're able to refer to it as, as well. Like, oh yeah, we, we actually have a whole episode where we talk about that very specifically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. And I think, I do think a strength about this podcast and I see this becoming even, you know, stronger, more solidified. That's my word of the day. 
Um, <laughs> uh, I think one of the strengths is like, I've, of course, cause your friends, I mean, unless they're Miranda, your friends are going to listen to your podcast, probably no matter what, if they're supportive friends, they're going to listen, even if they're not huge fans of the show. And I've had a few people say like, you know, well, I've maybe seen an episode here and there, but I'm not a huge fan of sex in the city, but you both talk about universal themes that resonated with me or like your anecdotes are funny or like you, I, I really enjoyed the story about X or like something like that. So I, what I think, and this is like, thanks to us being such an amazing team is like, we're able to like put out something that expresses our love for the show, but also expresses like, why it has so many fans and why this sort of is a universal experience for a lot of people. Um, mm. And I think that's something I'm really proud of as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so we're, yeah, we're talking about uh Looking forward to season two uh, of our little podcast. Um, is there anything that you're really looking forward to in season two? Like any um, any kind of ideas or yeah, just general things? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't have any specific ideas for episodes yet. I do feel like we should just over the summer. So of course, um, the work is never actually finished. We will be taking a break from releasing episodes but we're going to be continuing to do our research and all that kind of fun stuff including watching the series together i think is something we should definitely keep up with doing um we have spoken in the past about potentially doing an episode shannon and i are both fans big fans of girls of course hbo's girls which would not exist without sex in the city um So I I look forward to, you know, continuing with what we've done and talking about these moments that sort of resonate with us. But I also think that with this time we're going to take in the summer, there's going to be a lot more opportunity to sort of um, do mini episodes or sort of like, I don't want to say off topic episodes, but like episodes that don't directly follow our structure and kind of talk not only about Sex and the City, but also just sort of the universe and all the other media that sort of come from it. Mm -hmm. I think that there's, we have a lot of really fun ideas, um, but obviously time is always a thing. So I think that in this summer, we'll have the time and the, and sort of the knowledge, the foundation to be able to continue with those kinds of ideas and just kind of keep growing from there. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm really excited to talk about some of the extended pieces of the Sex and the City universe. Uh, the Carrie Diaries absolutely comes to mind. I'm really excited mm-hmm. to to rewatch that and, and talk about it. Um, yeah, because I, I feel like there is so, yeah, there's so much to, there's so much commentary and there's so much, there's so much to talk more to talk about than just the show itself because there's yeah, a lot of moving pieces. I'm also excited for like a couple of ideas that we've had that... Uh, yeah, just really, really focus on some very specific parts of the show. Like we've talked about, um, about food. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, food. And even just like certain, like, 
one-off characters. I feel mm-hmm. like we need kind of more episodes to talk about like Amelita or Skipper or, you know, like these sort of characters that sort of pop up. We never see them again, but they still kind of remain as like important as memorable characters. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think we have a few good ideas for that. And guests. I'm actually really excited to, to invite guests back and yeah have some more conversations (laughs) yeah I think so I loved our guest episode with Neelam I thought that she was a really awesome guest a fellow fan of the show and had really strong and poignant feelings about the specific topic of you know sort of the shame associated with singledom um Mm. And I think I think overall that went really great and <laughs> was good. But and now it's like it's just it's like anything. The more you do something, the better you get at it. So I would love to welcome more guests and um, fellow fans of the show who love it as much as we do. And yeah, that's a that's a great point as well. Something to look forward to. Mm-hmm. who would be this is a little off topic but who would be like if you could have any celebrity guests like absolutely anyone come on the podcast and I know I'm coming at you left field with this question but who would you have if there were no barriers who would you want to talk mm-hmm. to about sex in the city I oh gosh okay so part of me would want to talk to Candace Bushnell and like mm. really pick her brain about what the some of the original like intent was behind behind this and how it shifted and evolved um yeah I, I would love to pick her brain a little bit more about that um I mean I would love to talk to Kim Cattrall but I think maybe I would love to talk to Kim Cattrall as Samantha Jones like (laughs) like if she could like you know be a guest as herself uh, that would be wonderful Um, but then I would also like a second part where she's just Samantha Jones and answers questions for us yeah so Kim Cattrall if you're listening to this uh, we know you didn't want to be in the reboot the power of saying no and all that but you should come on the podcast as Samantha Jones Absolutely. Why not? (laughs) I was thinking the exact same thing, actually. Yeah. With like, yeah, having Kim Cattrall as a guest, I think would be my number one. I would also, I would really like, I would love to, I mean, kind of going a little bit outside of just, you know, celebrities and who's actually been involved with the show. I would love to, talk with uh the podcast that we really like sentimental in the city uh, and talk with the the folks that run that do that and you pick their brains a little bit and same with actually every outfit i would love to talk to yeah to the folks that run that uh podcast as well and just kind of yeah talk like very meta (laughs) about all the things we we love and maybe don't love so much about the show I yeah also love that answer. We're huge fans of both of those podcasts. So yeah, they're they're wonderful hosts, obviously very knowledgeable, um, and huge fans of the show. So yeah, a big inspiration for us as well. Mm-hmm. Very much agreed.
So Carrie's question in this final episode of season one is, are relationships the new religion of the 90s? Uh, which is a weird question. I think that's a weird question, but it's a weird question. <laughs> yeah. What, what would your answer be to this question? I I, I'm not I'm literally staring at it and I'm like, I don't, <laughs> are relationships the new religion of the 90s? Is she basically because they did. I mean, they did talk in this episode about how it seems like you can't really find a religious person anymore. Like, because, of course, Miranda's dating the Catholic guy and she's like, I didn't even realize they're like, we're still Catholics. You know, like it was kind of this like that it was this big discrepancy between the way they lived and this actually like massive institution. <laughs> so the crossover is a bit odd to me, but. I mean, I would I guess I would say no. <laughs> it's, a, it's a yes, no. Carrie comes at me with that and I'd be like, I I'm not sure that I fully understand what you're saying, Carrie. <laughs> what if, I yeah. don't know what are your th- what do you think I mean I have some bones to pick with organized religion in general but I think actually kind of going back to what you said just uh, right at the top like relationships or something that that you really believe in and I just think that that's always that's mm-hmm. always true and I would take that beyond organized religion <laughs> um, and I would take that beyond the 90s I think relationships are just always like a really important thing to believe in especially if you <laughs> if you want them to to last a long time or uh, if they're really important to you it's it is important to have some faith in that so I'm gonna go with that <laughs> I love that that's perfect Thank you so, so much for listening. Thank you for everybody who has downloaded our little podcast and listened, listened every week or listened once or listened to half an episode. We don't care. Just thank you so much for for listening and for all of your support. Yeah, absolutely. Like, please rate, review and subscribe. And we want your honest feedback. Send us a DM, send us a post-it note, uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And yeah, like I said, like we want your honest feedback because... We know we're not perfect. Uh, We have flaws just like Carrie. So we'd love to hear them and how we can get better and how we could make this a better experience for you. And also tell us what you love because that's nice to hear too. (laughs) (laughs) Only tell us what you hate, please. Um, Yeah, Shannon's absolutely right. Please uh, compliment us. We we have feelings, so... I'm not an impenetrable wall of stone. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But yeah, echoing Shannon, thank you so much. Um, We're so excited to see you. I'm assuming our launch will be December around the same time. Um, Maybe a bit earlier. Maybe we'll pop a little bonus episode in there somewhere. Ooh, I don't know. We'll keep you Uh, guessing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We'll keep you guessing. Um, But yeah, thanks so much, everyone. And we will see y'all next time.